Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. There are a bunch of teams today that are hoping to search for greatness Indeed as we return in the NCAA tournament to the Sweet 16. Four games going on tonight. We'll break down all those games for you. Uh, And they start about uh, 6 o'clock Eastern, uh, fairly early. Loyola of Chicago going up against Nevada, which I guarantee you that none of you had in your brackets. Texas A&M going up against Michigan, Kansas State, Kentucky, and Florida State, Gonzaga. All of those games, five and a half points or less spreads. We'll break down all of them and say who we think is going to be able to advance from all four of these games that begin again tonight in about 12 hours. Loyola of Chicago going up against Nevada, kicking off at, uh, at tipping off at 6 Eastern. So, or sorry, 6 Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. So if you are out there uh, paying attention to the Sweet 16, all of these games will be a lot of fun to watch. We also had last night, Maybe an Eastern Conference Finals preview. I broke my don't watch the NBA in the regular season rule and set and watched most of the second half 
of LeBron and the Cavs taking on the Raptors. And the question there remains, does the NBA regular season matter at all? We've had so many twists and turns. There's about 10 games left, and it does appear that the Raptors are a pretty solid team and that the Cavs maybe most likely would meet the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Did last night's game mean anything at all? We don't know for sure. The other big story I would say that is out there is Sam Darnold yesterday had his pro day. Jimmy Haslam was there with his big notepad, and he hung out with the Darnold family. I've got my idea on what I think the top three looks like in the NFL draft right now. I I, I sat around and looked at this, and this is assuming that the Buffalo Bills aren't going to trade up and that the Browns aren't trying to just uh, presume that they're going to take Sam Darnold to try to entice somebody else to come up to the top of the draft board. I believe the top three in the NFL draft, as we're about a little over a month out uh, from the official NFL draft, the NFL draft going to be in Dallas at the end of April. I think the top three is going to look like this. I, the more I think about it, the more I believe the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold number one overall. Then I think the Giants, assuming they keep that pick and aren't able to trade back, are going to take Saquon Barkley at two. And then I feel like at three, having now traded up, the Jets are going to take Josh Allen. So I think that's going to be the top three picks overall. I'm not really that confident beyond the top three, but I feel like that's the way we're setting up right now. Now, I also think that the Giants are going to ultimately get some offers from teams like particularly the Bills, who may be interested in moving up to two if they feel like Sam Darnold is going number one overall. Uh, I I think Baker Mayfield may be a decent chance that the uh, – I I just don't know. I mean, that the Broncos might be interested in him uh, as we move down the list. Certainly the Bills are going to have to take a quarterback because I don't think they're going to stick – with A.J. McCarron and with uh, Peterman as their guys going forward. I don't think they're going to start one of those two guys as their quarterback. Could I be wrong? Certainly. But I think they're going to have to make a play and get a quarterback early in the top of the draft as well. But I would say those are all three the biggest stories that are out there right now. Um, And in particular, let me dive into all three right now a little bit more as we move uh, into the start of Thursday. We go back to the Sweet 16. Um, when I look at these four games, I'm going to go ahead and give you my picks early. I think that Loyola of Chicago is going to beat Nevada because I think this sister Jean, as I told you, sold her soul to the devil. Loyola of Chicago has made two different last-second buckets to beat two major conference teams in Miami and Tennessee. I think that they are defensively good enough to slow down Nevada. I think Loyola of Chicago is going to advance. I think that this Texas A&M-Michigan game is utterly fascinating to me because Michigan did not play well against Montana. They were very highly fortunate to find a way to beat Houston. I'm sorry, Houston fans, to have to keep reminding you. Uh, Texas A&M, on the other hand, has been was flawless, essentially, against UNC. And I think they have a pretty good chance of beating Michigan A&M reminds me a lot of last year's South Carolina team, which I believe was also a seven seed, upset a two seed in Duke in, uh, in, I believe, Greenville, South Carolina last year, and then rolled that momentum into the Final Four. So I, I'm cautiously uh, of the belief 
that A&M may really pull off that upset. So I think I would take A&M in this game. But before the tournament started, I picked Michigan. So uh, with all this time to prep and everything else and the way they're coming off that huge victory, I think Michigan and A&M is going to be a hell of a game. Uh, I also think Kansas State against Kentucky. Look, Kentucky has gotten a really great draw to advance to the Sweet 16. But remember Kentucky lost 10 games in the regular season. I'm not convinced, even though I'm betting on them tonight, I'm not convinced that Kentucky is actually as good as we think Kentucky may be. If you run through the Wildcats' hot streak down the stretch, the only really good team they've beaten, I think, is Tennessee to win the SEC uh, tournament because they got a pretty good draw uh, in the SEC tournament. They got to beat uh, Alabama, and then they got to beat, man, who was the other team? I can't even remember now. Georgia, I think, right? Georgia and then Alabama to advance to play Tennessee. Neither Georgia nor Alabama were that good or that consistent. And then so far in the NCAA tournament, they beat Davidson and they beat Buffalo. Uh, So I think that game's going to end up being pretty close Uh, And while I think Kentucky is going to advance to the Final Four, I do think Kansas State is going to be able to give them a competitive game. And then finally, Florida State-Gonzaga. I I don't have a strong lean in this one. Uh, Florida State has played very, very well um, so far in the tournament. They blew out Missouri, and then they pulled off a big upset over Xavier. Meanwhile, the Zags, uh, look, I mean, I think they're under the radar. I think they're under the radar. I think they're playing a little bit with house money given the fact that they advanced to the NCAA title game last year. Um, And I know they lost that game, but I feel like they finally quenched that uh, can they get to the Final Four desire. And uh, frankly, I think in that bracket that the Zags probably should be the favorite to advance to the Final Four. So that's the four games that are going on tonight if you break them down. I believe I would go with, uh, gambling-wise, Loyola of Chicago, Texas A&M. I would go with probably Kansas State plus five, although I think Kentucky will win. And then uh, I think I would take the Zags uh, at uh, five-and-a-half-point favorites, which is the biggest line of the Sweet 16 games. But all four of those should be very intriguing to watch. And obviously we will uh, break those down uh, tomorrow morning to start the show and also get you ready for the other four games that are taking place on Friday. Um, The other two big stories. Like I said, I watched the Cavs last night. Um, I'm not big on the idea that you can watch regular season NBA games and somehow intuit what's going to happen when the playoffs actually arise because I think the NBA regular season, by and large, is worthless. But I do think that Kevin Love being back is making the Cavs better. Now, it's funny because the Cavs, there's always an excuse, right? Every time the Cavs start to lose any games at all, there's always an excuse. And Kevin Love seems to be the guy who gets the blame. Oh, the reason why the Cavs aren't playing very well is because of Kevin Love. Now that he's back, suddenly Kevin Love has become the savior of this Cavs team. I think the reality is this. The Cavs are just an okay team. And the Eastern Conference, uh, the Celtics are stumbling. The Raptors, maybe not ready. We'll see. I think if they're going to beat the Cavs, I think it's going to take a six- or a seven-game series. And this would have been big if the Raptors had been able to win this uh, this road game in Cleveland. But I'm not sure that there's any sort of long-lasting impact that you can draw from this game. I mean, the, the Vegas is telling us that the Cavs are a big favorite to win the Eastern Conference. But Vegas is also telling us that the Cavs are 8-1 to one to win the title. 
that's pretty big odds that they're not going to do it. The Warriors and the Rockets both are prohibitive favorites now with the Warriors in particular, uh, the substantial favorite. So Vegas is telling us that the Eastern Conference really doesn't have a legitimate contender, even though they may be sending a team uh, to the uh, the NBA Finals, obviously. And then the other story that's out there is Sam Darnold. Having his pro day, it rained in L.A. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, my guy Matt Leinert was there. He said that, uh, that Darnold was basically flawless. I thought it was intriguing that Jimmy Haslam was there and also that Jimmy Haslam was there, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, and that he was comfortable being photographed hanging out with the parents of Sam Darnold. I just don't remember this happening very many times. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe owners are regularly showing up at pro days and publicly sitting in the bleachers during that pro day with the parents of a potential overall number one draft pick, but that seems a little bit strange to me. Either you're trying to send the message of, hey, everybody, bright, shining light, we're going to take Sam Darnold in an effort to try to get people to trade up to take uh, your number one overall pick because they want to get Sam Darnold, or you're not even pretending that you're going to draft anybody else. Uh, The Browns, I think, if I were betting right now, are going to take Sam Darnold number one overall. That would be my prediction. And what the Browns, I would imagine, would hope, frankly, is that they get to take Sam Darnold number one overall, that the Giants would trade out of that two spot and drop back and bring up another team that wants to draft a quarterback, and that the Browns could add Sam Darnold and then also at number four get Saquon Barkley and get maybe the best player and the most reliable player in the draft and then also get the best quarterback and hope that that in the backfield could make a big difference for their team going forward. I think that would be the ideal version. Are the Giants going to trade out? Do they believe in Eli? Saquon Barkley, a difference maker for them. I think if the Giants stay at two, they will take Saquon Barkley. And as I said, I think at three, if I'm betting right now, trying to slot in where all these guys are going to go, I think at three that the expectation now would have to be that the Jets are going to take a quarterback as well, obviously. And I think the quarterback they would take would be Josh Allen. Could I be wrong? Certainly. It's the NFL draft. You can be wrong about everything. We'll talk more about all three of these stories breaking down uh, as the uh, story, uh, as the show progresses. But thank you for spending your Thursday with us. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well You think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks? You're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. We bring in the crew. Uh, We're hitting the three, what I would say are big stories as we roll back in on the Thursday edition uh, nationwide. And I want to hit you guys with, honestly, I want to start with the Sam Bradford and what's likely to happen at the, uh, the top of the draft board. Are you guys buying into the idea that Haslam was just basically giving away the Rams draft, uh, sorry, the uh, the Browns draft status by being there as he was in L.A. for uh, for the pro day and hanging out with the family like he did with, uh, with Sam Darnold's family. Does that make sense uh, to you guys? Uh, sure. I mean, it could be. Uh, it's possible that it's not. It's could, it could be a smokescreen. It could be to try Can you and remember? Here's the question. Interest. Can you remember ever seeing an owner 
at a pro day. I mean, I feel like a lot of these pro days have been covered over the years. I don't ever remember seeing an owner hanging out in the bleachers with the family like Haslam was with Sam Darnold's family. Can you remember ever yeah. seeing that story before? No, and I'll try to look it up and see if there's any. I don't know that there's any way to find out, but no, it, it's very definitely something you would not necessarily expect. And look, I'm not terribly surprised. Sam Darnold's been my favorite of all these guys since the beginning, and that's never wavered. The fact that Haslam was there, maybe that does give up exactly what the Browns are going to do. And honestly, I think probably what they should do is take Sam Darnold at one. But I do think that it's intriguing that it wasn't just the football staff. It was the owner of the team making nice with the family of a potential number one draft pick. Here, here's the other question. You said you like Sam Darnold. I like Sam Darnold as well. Do we fall for the okey-doke with USC quarterbacks because the USC program is so glamorous, because it's in Los Angeles, because of the history? Because I can run through a long list just off the top of my head right now of USC quarterbacks that really haven't panned out like we would have anticipated or hoped that they would have. Please don't. don't. uh, Yeah, (laughs) but probably the most successful SC quarterback of the last 20 years, maybe 25 years, is Carson Palmer, and he's not that successful, right? At least, in, I know he had a decent career with the Bengals. I know he's been pretty good with the Cardinals, but I believe I'm correct that that he's only won one playoff game in his career. Matt Leinert is a buddy of mine, but obviously as a top 10 pick and, and Heisman Trophy winner, he didn't have the NFL career that he had hoped he was going to have. Matt Barkley did not pan out. I mean, you can run through a, a Sanchez, the Sanchez. Uh, I know he took the uh, I know he took the uh, uh, the freaking Jets to two different AFC title games, if I'm not mistaken. But yep. and I know he's still in the league. But I think it's fair to say that Mark Sanchez did not do what everybody would have hoped that he was going to be able to do. Cody Kessler, I, it wasn't that high of a draft pick, but he's never panned out. I mean, you can run through a long list of guys that were projected coming out of SC to be big-time, prototypical, pro-style quarterbacks that you would have anticipated turning into big-time NFL playmakers, and none of them have panned out. Who is the last SC quarterback? I can't even think in the last 25 years. I mean, even going all the way back to, I believe, uh, Rodney Pete would have been an SC quarterback, right, that would have been drafted fairly high and had a lot of expectations surrounding him, too. The quarterback position at SC has not produced a big-time quarterback at the NFL level that has redefined the way the sport was going to be played. I would say that Carson Palmer probably in the last 25 years is the guy that has been the top of the line, even going all the way back to Todd Marinovich. I mean, this is a long list of NFL quarterbacks. I'm not sure that there's any other school we can point to that's had more high draft picks at the quarterback position and not had any of them really pan out at a high level. I mean, think about uh, quarterbacks who have won playoff games in the NFL. I believe I'm correct that Carson Palmer has won one. How many of these guys from SC have even been anywhere near as good as Carson Palmer? So do you have to consider maybe just an idea that I'm tossing out there that some of the Hollywood glitz and glamour associated with SC, which for so long has been effectively a default NFL team in terms of the media attention that has gone on to them, 
The quarterbacks at SC, is that a little bit of a curse? You guys are out in L.A., uh, Danny G and uh, Justin. Have you thought about the idea that maybe there is a uh, just a patina of, uh, of excitement and overrated aspects of SC quarterbacks because of the glitz and glamour of that program and the amount of attention that you also get, combined with the fact that SC, even in this spread offense era, has maintained its status as a pro-style offense. And so you have a lot of these big, strong-armed Southern California pretty boy quarterbacks, I would say, who come into that program and look like they're going to be big-time NFL playmakers. And then it hasn't necessarily translated in the league. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. And I I was just pulling up a list from NFL.com and their top four NFL quarterbacks out of USC, Todd Marinovich, Matt Leinart, Mark Sanchez, and Rob Johnson. And Mark's, I totally forgot about <laughs> Rob Johnson. Yeah, man, Mark Sanchez won playoff games, but what's he remembered for? The butt fumble. And that pretty much tells you everything you need to know right there. Yeah, and Sanchez is an interesting example because he kind of refutes all these, if you have early success in the playoffs and you're a young quarterback, eventually it's going to pan out for your career. And... uh I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't put Carson Palmer in that mix, but you go back and look, and and I need to pull up a full list of all the draft picks at the quarterback position from SC over the years. There just haven't been guys that have panned out like we would have anticipated if you kind of look at the overall roster. Here uh, is a list of several of them. Matt Barkley, Rob Johnson, Matt Castle, Rodney Pete, Pat Hayden, John David Booty, Cody Kessler, Sean Salisbury, Paul McDonald, Vince Evans, Mark Sanchez, not counting, obviously, Matt Leiner, Carson Palmer, all of the guys that have been drafted at a fairly high level. Now Sam Darnold is the latest of them. That's a long list, Jason Martin, of guys at SC that haven't panned out. I'm not sure in all of college football. Can we think of another school that has produced this many draft picks that have had this little of success when they actually get to the NFL? No, but I mean, you can look at other positions in other schools. Like, remember Penn State running backs for the longest time? Kajana Carter, obviously, but then there were a number of others after that that came around that dominated and then weren't able to do anything once they got to the league. Wisconsin running backs. Yeah, I saw that for a long time as well. Alabama running backs. I think in the quarterback position, nobody quite like SC I just feel like Darnold is different but maybe I'm a fool you know maybe I'll find that out in a couple of years that I'm I mean, a fool I just I'm look at Darnold is, and I see Andrew Luck what if Sam Darnold was playing at Arizona State what if everything else about Sam Darnold's career was the exact same except he were right now coming out of Arizona State would he be the presumptive overall number one draft pick what about if you put him at uh Washington State or you put it like, take him outside of the glitz and glamour of L.A. and of SC. Um, and by the way, I heard uh, my buddy Doug, Doug Gottlieb saying, you know, the reason why I like Sam Darnold over uh, over Josh Rosen, and this was the, I loved this, and I feel like, man, I know L.A. too well. And I'm like, you know what, I can kind of buy into this too. He's like, Josh Rosen is from Manhattan Beach, and this is such an interior L.A. talk. Uh, if you spend any time in L.A. at all. Manhattan Beach is still in L.A. County, but it's kind of the, uh, it's probably the glitziest beach town. I, I think you guys can agree with me if you if you would, uh, I mean, obviously as you move down to Orange County, that changes a little bit. But he's like, Manhattan Beach, Like this is the truth. If I move to L.A. tomorrow, 
All right, if suddenly I had to move to L.A., uh, the town that I would live in would probably be Manhattan Beach. Because yeah, it's where could, it's where a lot of L.A. Kings players live. It's where a lot all of baseball the, players live from the the Dodgers and the Angels, and it definitely has more of an Orange County vibe to it than an L.A. vibe. And well, it's a great beach community. It's still drivable to get to L.A. It's where Cowherd lives. It's where um, a lot of the Fox uh, Sports crew in general. I mean, everybody that I'm friends with at Fox Sports who goes back and forth to the main lot at Pico and Motor. They almost all live in Manhattan Beach. And so it's got that kind of cachet, that cool vibe. It's a great little community um, right there on the beach. You're close to L.A., but you feel like you're in a beach community. I mean, it's got a best of like kind of small town meets, obviously, the huge cosmopolitan area of L.A. And it's not a surprise that Josh Rosen would live there because his dad is a big-time uh, surgeon. Obviously, you have to be very wealthy to live in Manhattan Beach. Um, and it's where Lane Kiffin lived. It's where Matt Leinert has lived over the years. Big SC uh, community in uh, Manhattan Beach. Uh, also, a lot of rich transplants that move in there. I mean, it's one of the wealthiest communities in the entire country. And uh, Doug Gottlieb's argument is, the reason why I like Sam Darnold is he's from the more working class area of San Clemente. And it's certainly, uh, like, uh, Sam Darnold's dad, I think, is like a plumber. And he worked on the same hospital. He's a maintenance man, kind of. That, that Josh Rosen's dad worked at. And so like he's more blue-collar. And it was an interesting argument because you think about these SC quarterbacks and you think about them being kind of the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, but Sam Darnold doesn't seem like that kind of guy. And so uh, Gottlieb's argument, which I think has some truth to it, is that even though he's an L.A. kid, that Sam Darnold's got some blue-collar in him and so he might fit the, uh, might fit the Cleveland community pretty well. So I was thinking about that argument that Gottlieb made, but I'm also sitting back and really seriously now contemplating, are we overrating Sam Darnold because he's connected to SC? And then you run through that list of all the quarterbacks that have played at SC and gotten drafted and have not really you know, ended up being big-time playmakers. And then the other thing is, is it fair to judge anybody based on where they went to school Every quarterback stands alone. Every player stands alone. Uh, it's really kind of a fascinating question. Let me bring in Eddie Garcia. I'll open up the phone lines for you guys. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. Eddie Garcia, what's shaking the world of sports? Well, Clay, let's start with the game of the night of the NBA. Battle of two of the best in the Eastern Conference where the Cavaliers rallied down 15 points at the half to beat the Raptors 132-129. to LeBron James, a big game for the Cavs with 35 points and 17 assists for Toronto, the top team in the East. Their franchise record nine-game road winning streak comes to an end. In the race for the final playoff spots in the West, you've got seven teams separated by three and a half games battling for five spots, and they all won last night. Pelicans beat the Pacers 96-92. Spurs over the Wizards 98-90. Nuggets knock off the Bulls 135-102, and the Clippers beat the Bucks 127-120. New Orleans is the fifth seed. San Antonio the sixth seed. Denver is a game and a half out of the final playoff spot, and the Clippers are two games out. College basketball, Arizona Star Freshman Center, DeAndre Ayton is expected officially declared for the NBA draft. This report is brought to you by True Car Online Car Shopping. It can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
And Clay, the NFL is trying to implement some new language when it comes to the NFL catch rule. They're going to discuss it at the annual meetings as far as the competition committee that's coming up. And they're recommending uh, that here's some things to simplify the catch rule. Number one, got to have control. Number two, two feet down or another body part. And number three is a football move such as a third step or reaching for or extending for the goal line. Or the ability to perform such an act is some of the language they're trying to use to clear up exactly what is and what isn't a catch. Yeah, I, I flagged that and, and took a picture of it because I was going to talk about it on the show today. I think that would be a tremendous improvement to the overall NFL uh, setup when it comes to catches, where we have all these reviews and guys and girls don't feel like they know what an actual catch is in the NFL. And again, to simplify what the competition committee is thinking about doing, one control, uh, that's not a surprise. Got to get two feet down or another body part. Again, not a surprise there. And then this is the evolution of the catch. A football move such as a third step, um, you know, that that is uh, that is a simplified, I think, version of what a catch is. If you take a third step or you're reaching, extending for the line to gain, which would mean that essentially uh, they are bringing in and saying, you know what, that Jesse James catch non-catch controversy against the Patriots at the end of the Steelers Patriots game would now become a guaranteed touchdown uh same thing with the uh Zach Eifert I believe it was uh touchdown catch where they went back and looked at whether or not he had made the touchdown catch in the Super Bowl all of those things would make I think a substantial difference uh in terms of making the game just easier for everybody to follow Zach Ertz uh instead of Eifert there. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call uh, 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Is Tyler Eifert, did he ever sign? I know he was a free agent with the uh, with the Bengals coming out of tight end, and obviously I just crossed him over with Zach Ertz um, reading my list of uh, available uh, free agents. I don't remember if he signed yet or not. Uh, but I know that there was uh, a lot of excitement in Cincinnati that he was going to be a big-time playmaker, and he didn't necessarily live up to it, and he was a, uh, un- I yeah, believe, unrestricted signed. free agent. Did he sign? He did, one year, $5.5 million. Who did he sign with? Still in, uh, still where he was, in Cincinnati. Oh, he, he re-upped with him. But, uh, okay, well, we'll see what ends up happening with him. Um, so, what do you think about the theory? Like, would I, I think it's a fascinating question. Would Sam Darnold be the overall presumptive number one pick right now if he had played with Arizona State? And the reason why I'm not trying to pile on Arizona State, I'm just trying to pick an average team in the Pac-12 that doesn't get anywhere near as much attention as the overall amount of attention that SC gets because they're in L.A. Obviously, you've got Rosen at UCLA. You've got, uh, you've got Darnold at USC. I think both of those guys from the moment they really kind of started playing, have been front and center in terms of media attention because they're in the nation's second largest media market. I feel like Sam Darnold is uh, much less of a guy who was projected to be a stud. And Sam Darnold, ever since that performance against Penn State in the Rose Bowl, has kind of been on a rocket ship. Josh Rosen was a presumptive big-time quarterback for years coming into college, and obviously he's the more polished of the quarterbacks. But I do wonder whether there might be something to the argument that part of the reason why Sam Darnold is projecting so high is because he plays at SC and because of all the attention uh, foisted upon him there. Now, 
there are certainly a guys who have broken the mold. For instance, there was a there was an idea that Jeff Tedford quarterbacks could not actually be great NFL quarterbacks. There were a lot of swings and misses at the quarterback position for Jeff Tedford, if you remember. Guys who had a lot of success in college, Trent Dilfer, uh, Akili Smith, Joey Harrington, Kyle Bowler, and then Aaron Rodgers came out and basically said, hey, <laughs> you know what, I'm a big-time playmaker. And honestly, that's a reason why many people feel like Aaron Rodgers fell on draft day was the the, the, the idea that, that basically Jeff Tedford had gotten everything out of those quarterbacks. And at the college level, they had become so robotic that when they got to the NFL, they weren't able to deal with the hurly-burly of the game itself. Now, Rodgers, obviously, is just a gunslinger. I mean, the guy runs around holding the football in one hand. He can leave the pocket. He can make every throw at any moment. But there was the idea that those guys were so trained and so robotic that they weren't able to translate the numbers that they had produced in college into the NFL. I think Aaron Rodgers broke that mold, and everybody else before him didn't matter. But you go back through that list of uh, of quarterbacks, Kyle Bowler in particular, if you get some of the guys in the NFL to talk about, they will talk about his arm and their eyes light up. I mean, he was like Josh Allen before Josh Allen existed. Kyle Bowler could fling the ball all over the field. He had every measurable physical t- attribute that you wanted, but maybe a belief that he loved being a quarterback off the field more than he liked being a quarterback on the field. We'll talk about that. I'll open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369, hour two, We'll talk with uh, Jeff Schwartz, find out whether he buys into any of this. Does uh, he, who grew up in L.A. uh, and wanted to go to UCLA but actually ended up going to Oregon, buy into the idea that there could be a mystique surrounding Trojan quarterbacks that leads to them being overvalued in the NFL draft relative to their actual accomplishment once they get to the league? Is there anything to that? We'll talk about that and more. Take your calls. 877-996-6369. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Throwback Thursday. Every Thursday, Danny G spinning the hits. Tell me what this is again. Candy Rain? Yeah, from 1995. Soul for real. Candy Rain. Big time. Uh, we all have a lot going on in our lives, but GoToMeeting is the online meeting platform trusted by 99% of all Fortune 500 companies. It's making it simple for you and your employees to meet with ease. To learn how your company can make the switch today, visit GoToMeeting.com. And if you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop, trains can't. You know what? Um, one of the few guys who seems to be up early in this show and I'm, I'm not kidding about this at all uh up and like making news is our president donald trump and so about 15 minutes ago uh i follow him on twitter it's funny if you're active on twitter from about 1 a.m till about 7 a.m eastern there's not that much going on, really, till about 8 a.m. Eastern. There's not that many. Most media aren't up. Most people aren't up moving around. Obviously, we got this show. We're off and running. And a lot of times, I'll check my Twitter feed, and the only other person up tweeting other than us is Donald Trump. So he just sent this tweet. I'm not making this up. I'm going to get you guys to break down the, uh, the boxing match here. Uh, Donald Trump just tweeted, Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. 
He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe, exclamation point. That is our president, Donald Trump, talking about Joe Biden, who said, basically, I think I'm not mistaken in this, that he, if he had gone to high school with Donald Trump, he would have beaten him up. This so was this locker is- room talk. <laughs> Do, did Biden say this about beating up Donald Trump? Is there audio recording of this? Uh, because I think I just saw the headline. Uh, we all know how it goes when I request audio recording. This is where my audio guy would come in. This is where the OutKick audio guy would have been on this. He'd be like, oh, Joe Biden said he would have beaten up Donald Trump in high school. We would have this lined up and ready to go. Do we know uh, who, uh, what the outcome of this, uh, this fight would be? I'll go to some of your calls, by the way. 877-996-6369. Who would you put your money on right now in a fight between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? Now, do we have a tell of the tape? Uh, do we have a tell of the tape? I know that Trump was listed at like 6'3". We talked about his weight. What was it? Like 229 he was listed at. He's 71 years old, I think, Donald Trump. And Joe Biden, I think, is even older, like 72. 75. He's 75. Biden is 75. Oh, wow. Six feet tall also. That's what he's listed at. Six foot, 75 years old. And so I didn't realize Biden was that old. There's talk about Joe Biden running for president in 2020. But man, that means that Joe Biden would be like 77 years old running for president. Is that is that right? I mean, God, that's old. Yep. Wow. That's pretty old. Yeah, that's pretty old to be running for president. All right, so uh, do we know Joe Biden's his weight? He's probably like six foot one ninety, something like that. I would say. I mean, he's he doesn't appear to be out of shape. He might be one eighty. He appears to be in pretty decent shape. I'm six foot like one ninety. I need to lose some weight. I got up to one ninety, so I'm six foot one ninety. Probably need to be about one eighty to be in peak uh, peak condition for me anyway. Um, so I would say Joe Biden's probably about one eighty. He, he's uh, Joe Biden's probably about six foot one eighty. So Trump would have at least 40 pounds on him, and also three inches. Who you guys got in a boxing match between Trump and Biden? Hmm. And how much would you pay to see Trump in some boxing shorts? Like shirtless and some boxing shorts. I mean, that would be an incredible fight to see. I don't know that I'd pay to see him shirtless for any amount of money. I would pay to see Trump shirtless. I think at this point I'd probably have to take the Donald in this one, oh, not because of the really? age necessarily. I mean, I think that Trump would fight dirty, and I'm not sure that Joe Biden would. I think Joe Biden would smile once too often, and Trump would like, I don't know, hit him in the nards, something like that, and just he would do whatever he had to to win. He would have people doing run-ins, running down the aisle with chairs. It would get very, very out of hand. I just think Trump would be would go lower than Joe Biden would. I don't think Biden would expect the kind of things Trump would pull out to win. Trump is six years younger, but I feel like he's not in very good physical condition. Like I, f- I feel as if Biden could throw three punches and not just like lean over just out of wind completely. Now, I know Trump plays golf a lot, but uh, I, he also I, the, has the, tiny hands. He's be in boxing gloves. Doesn't matter. Like the the the, the hands thing. If you're would in it, bo- if you're in boxing gloves, it wouldn't matter at all. I, I didn't know. Well, I'm just saying. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily gloves. see gloves. Yeah. yeah, I'm not thinking gloves. I'm just thinking like in a hallway. No, no, no. I'm talking up, about throwdown. I'm talking about actual boxing match. Like they right, got so boxing men. experts. Boxing experts have picked a winner here. There's an article from USA <laughs> Today and other places where they've actually looked at this and tried to break it down. Bob Arum. Let me tell you something. If Hillary had two months to spend, I would put Hillary in with Trump, and Hillary would beat the bleep out of him. No, he said following a Pacquiao media workout. And then Freddie Roach said, I like Trump. Trump's down and dirty. 
He's a little bit rougher. He has a bad hairdo. He's a former street guy in Atlantic City running those hotels. I like Trump by knockout. I think early Biden is a little soft. Then we've got Iceman John Scully, who was a former world title challenger and a current trainer. Trump has a massive ego. That will play to his advantage. He picks Trump. Sean Gibbons, a former a former trainer, former fighter, current matchmaker. Donald's been around the fight game, so he has a lot of knowledge. He's been in the gym with a bit of slight training. He has a tremendous one-two. He's a passionate guy about boxing. Biden has no shot. So three to one in favor of Trump, and the one was in favor of Hillary, which is just an eye roll. Is there anybody out there listening to us right now that wouldn't almost prefer, rather than have to go through an entire presidential campaign, let's say that Biden was the actual nominee for the Democrats in 2020, and obviously uh, in like Game of Thrones, you can call out the leader of the opposing side and avoid having to fight a full battle, and you can just have a battle between the two of you, the two leaders can fight, and whoever wins, wins the battle. I almost feel like it would be better for the country if we just had a boxing match between Donald Trump and Joe Biden in 2020, as opposed to an actual presidential race. If we just had a boxing match between the two of them, we had the most honest, no Russians, we had the most honest uh, actual uh, boxing uh, judges. I think that a fight between Joe Biden, a boxing match between Joe Biden and Donald Trump for the presidency in 2020, while unprecedented, would be better than an actual election battle between the two. I think this would be better. Uh, all right, let's get uh, let's get all of your reactions to this. 877-996-6369. You guys can weigh in. I'll go to your calls at the top of hour two. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Hour two. Outkick the Coverage. Never thought we'd be here. We're breaking down presidential boxing matches. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Listen up. If you think a train will stop, if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. We are in the process of grabbing the uh, audio uh, of Joe Biden saying that he would beat up Donald Trump if they had gone to high school together. Uh, so uh, we uh, we are going to play that for you momentarily, guys. Let me know when we're ready to play that. But it has led to a spectacular poll question. Are we ready to play it? Audio on this show is always a incredible, uh, incredible endeavor. Do we have it ready to play? Yes, I've, uh, yes, we we've got it. I, the only thing is, it was it was done with like a cell phone way back in the room at University of Miami at this speech. So I've edited it and tried to make it as audible as possible, but it might be a little bit shady in terms of quality. But this is the best I could find. All right, here we go. Here's Joe Biden saying he would have beaten up Donald Trump if they had gone to high school together. When a guy who ended up becoming a national leader said, I can grab a woman anywhere and she likes it, and then said, I made a mistake. They asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? I said, no. I said, if we're in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out. Joe Biden. Wait, keep it going. There's another part here. Okay. I've been in a lot of rock locker rooms my whole life. I'm a pretty damn good athlete. Any guy who talked that way was usually the fattest, ugliest SOB in the room. There you go. 
Joe Biden going after Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump has fired back because this is where we are politically now. Donald Trump has fired back at the idea that Joe Biden would have beaten him up and said, and I quote this morning about 20 minutes ago, uh, Donald Trump says, crazy Joe Biden trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. And so our poll question this morning is, leave aside your personal politics and pretend you are gambling on it. Who wins a boxing match, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Now, for purposes of our boxing match, we have entirely honest judges. Nobody from Russia is allowed to be a judge. Who wins? Immediately, 1,500 of you have rolled in and voted on the poll question. 62% of you going Trump, 38% of you going Biden. Now, the tale of the tape is Trump is quite a bit bigger than Biden. We don't know exactly what Biden weighs, but he is reportedly six foot tall. I'm guessing he's around 180, 175, or 180 would be my guess as to what Joe Biden weighs. Donald Trump obviously had the controversy over what he weighs because Trump, everything he's done has been controversial. He is 6'3", and the uh, the reported weight was, what, 229 pounds? What did Trump weigh officially at his physical, according to the White House physician? I think it was around 629. 6'3", 239. 6'3", <laughs> 239? Yes. Yep. And, okay, so Clay, that- by the way, Joe Biden is listed at 182. Okay, so I was pretty close. All right, so Joe Biden, six foot 182. He's not that much different in size than me. And then Donald Trump, six foot three, 239. A lot of people thought 239 was generous. Uh, so it's possible that Trump could weigh more than 239. So Trump would have a substantial height and reach advantage. Plus, he's six years younger. I didn't realize. So you said you guys are sorry, four, Biden is 75, you guys said? Yes. Yeah, born Four in years younger. And I think Trump is 71. Is that right? I'll double check that. But yeah, I believe that's right. I mean, they're both over 70. So this would uh, the, it's possible that one man yeah, would 71. win because the other man might die of a heart attack. So I'm opening up phone lines to allow you guys. Now, Ju- uh, Justin Cooper, always the, the, uh, the, the, the rain on the parade guy here. By the, by the way, Justin Cooper, you loaded, by the way, Ben Maller's show yesterday on OutKick yes. and the amount of outrage that I got on Twitter for that air. You got. You, well, I mean, yes, I got a I lot got of it. I got crushed. It was, <laughs> well, because people probably assumed it was you who screwed up. I think they, people they know I'm not uploading the, the, the podcast. Do you have anything to say for yourself? It is that true. That seems like a pretty big error. It is true. But what I will say is that it was only the incorrect podcast for maybe about 15 minutes and it, the, it was unreal how many people were just attacking me. What was unreal is 10 hours later, I'm still getting messages from yeah. people. And I'm like, I was told this error was fixed. Try to refresh your podcast. So the people that didn't refresh thought this was a problem all day long yesterday. I will, t- I will tell you this. Podcast guy really kind of drives me insane. Yes. Because podcast guy thinks that I'm involved in every detail of the podcast. Podcast <laughs> guy is like audio guy. Podcast guy is like, hey, you know, like, uh, audio guy, first of all, drives me insane. If you are sitting out there 
in with your headphones on and no pants on, sort of slow stroking yourself to completion while trying to just love the audio. Oh, this audio is so incredible. Oh, this audio is just so ravishing. Like, I don't want you to listen to the show. Go listen to Mike and Mike, all right? I don't want Audio Guy or whatever the hell that loser show they've got on ESPN is now. Leave me behind and take your pants off and go listen to their audio and just revel in it. Like, I don't like Audio Guy, all right? I don't want Audio Guy to be a part of my fan base. Audio Guy is like 0.5% of the overall population, but Audio Guy is obsessed with audio quality. In front you know of what? his Yamaha uh, studio yeah, monitors. It's like, what, what, you listen to radio because of the audio quality of the radio or the podcast? Like, I, I, there's never been a point in time. You know, my audio quality test is, I think, maybe I'm old school on this, can I get the radio show without static? If, if the radio station can come to me without static, then I've got no issue with the audio. And, right, like, I don't care about it at all. But if you are regular audio guy, you literally drive me insane because you're always like, hey, so the quality of the audio, could you, maybe if you could use a different mic, maybe if you could use, like, and they always have, like, these high tech mic things. No, I don't care. Go listen. Just go listen to. Uh, ooh, go listen to Beethoven. Whoa. All right. Go listen to. Go Whoa. listen. Go oh, listen. That had, didn't count. Had, had to dump you there. No, no, no. Oh, that yeah. didn't count. I didn't say it. It was too close. So too, how long till we're back? To call. How long till we're back? No, you're you're still on right now. You're just is this thing on? Sounding like that. Uh, I go listen to Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> all right. Go listen to Moonlight Sonata with your pants off and just revel in the excitement and the and the, the beautiful uh, medley in your ears. But before I get more distracted here, Justin Cooper, this is a pretty big air. All right, because I don't want podcast guy mad at me, and there is an immediate del. I mean, first of all. The number one complaint that I get, people think that like I finished this show and I'm in charge of uploading the podcast. I have nothing to do with it. This is all on you, Justin Cooper. The amount of complaints I get when this podcast is not up within 15 minutes of the show being over, mm-hmm. it, it drives me insane. Emails, uh, podcast guys all out there like, hey, the podcast's not working. So when you put up the wrong show on the podcast... It was like I didn't even want to check my mentions. <laughs> See, well, now that's a, a legitimate gripe. But as far as it, like the timing that it's being up, it's it's unfortunate because it, it spreads to so many different. Like I have one, I don't know, like admin where I'm uploading it, and then it spreads to all these different podcast platforms. You know, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, I don't know what's the other one. Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, all these other ones, and. F- for some reason, sometimes some of them just don't, I don't know, grab it as quickly as the other ones. So as far as on my end, the podcast is always uploaded by the absolute latest, 930 Eastern at the absolute latest. Mm. Yet there's still people that, you know, are messaging me hours after the show like, hey, where's the podcast? And I'm like, I I have how, would you, there. how would you have, explain putting up the wrong show? Yesterday? I've got a theory. I've got a theory. Yesterday was the 20-year anniversary of Liar Liar hitting theaters. <laughs> was it really? This man, 20, yes. 21st, yeah. 21st anniversary. 21st. Sorry. Okay, so Able 21st to anniversary. Now. This man was celebrating. <laughs> this man was deep into some kind of sauce, and that's what happened. He needed to get out so he could, I don't know, party with whoever he could party with that Liar Liar was out 21 years ago. Oh, it's I'll a, tell you it's, this. It's leaf, not sauce. We sent the Ben Maller show <laughs> skyrocketing on podcast ratings because, like, they're going to look at it and be like, man, that must have been the greatest Ben Maller show of all time because <laughs> everybody was downloading it because you put it up. 
I think Ben Maller paid you off. Well, didn't the number still go to us? Yeah. No. Because it was still under OutKick. Yes. Like, if you downloaded OutKick, it was Ben Maller's show. That wouldn't oh. go to Ben Maller's yeah. downloads. Yeah, still counts for OutKick. Oh, so we actually, maybe this maybe this was a, a scheme by you because it required people to download multiple OutKick episodes yesterday. That's well, I mean, he is the executive <laughs> producer of that show. That is true. No, yeah, it was a... It was a Trial. It was just a, a, a mistake. A common, common uh, just had the wrong folder open. Yeah, big spiders. There's a lot of problems uh, what in else, LA these days. What else could you accidentally upload? Like, could you up- accidentally upload the, uh, the the audio of like a Stormy Daniels porn? I mean, <laughs> do we need to be careful of what's going to be uploaded? I mean, do people need to know that, that there's no idea what they might get from one moment to the next? Well, no, I, I don't think that's ever an issue. I did just finish uploading that particular podcast because I produced that show right before yours. Stormy so. Daniels? <laughs> no, the, the Ben Maller show. This is, by the way, Clay, this is like the third time Ben Maller has actually popped up on our podcast before like this. Because this, I, this, I, this has happened to me before. I've gotten, any, I've gotten emails on other days and had to get it fixed also. How did you become aware, Justin Cooper, that you had uh, made a tremendous error in the podcast uploading? Oh my my uh, my DMs blew up, <laughs> and it wasn't Topanga, and it wasn't Jim Carrey. No, it was people yelling at me. Hey, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but Ben Maller is actually on there for Outkick the coverage. The best, the best was a couple of weeks ago when we had Bruce Pearl on, and the description oh, in the no. podcast said Jason. Alabama head coach <laughs> oh, Bruce Pearl. No. I meant the to bring Auburn that up fans too. came oh, no. out oh, in place. Oh, I got lit no. up. People think I write the descriptions too. You guys are just throwing me under the. I have so much incompetence surrounding me that I, as if I don't not incompetent enough, I get blamed for all of you guys' screw ups too. Yeah, you wrote Alabama head basketball coach Bruce Pearl. Let's just say Auburn didn't love it. Literally, probably the most hateful rivalry between those of all the schools you could screw up. <laughs> Whoops! It's like you said. Uh, it's like you had somehow screwed up a religion. Uh, the the the. Pope uh, John Paul joined us, the head of the Muslim faith. Yeah, just not the way you really want to go. Uh, uh, anyway, we got a big, uh, big questions here. Uh, leaving aside your personal politics and pretending you are gambling on it, who wins a boxing match? It's our poll question. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Donald Trump or Joe Biden? Three thousand of you have voted so far. Trump running away with it, sixty-one percent, thirty-nine percent. What do you guys think about my idea? that this would be preferable to actually having a presidential election in 2020. What percentage of our audience right now would totally sign up for Biden versus Trump? The winner is the president. Tell me what I, I would, I would, I think it would be, be I'm not even, I'm not even kidding about this right now. I think it would be better for the country if Biden and Trump just had a boxing match to decide who's going to be the next president of the United States. Cause I think the 2020 election Donald Trump is going to be the nominee uh, for the Republicans. I would be a huge upset if he's not. And Joe Biden says he's going to run. I think Joe Biden would be an interesting matchup for Donald Trump because they're the same age. Uh, they're both white guys. They're both from the Northeast. Like, I do think it would kind of be an interesting uh, matchup. But rather than them run against each other for a year, which is basically what we would have, we could have one boxing match to decide it all. Would that be better for the country? I think it would. Because I think everybody would watch the boxing match, and if somebody got knocked out, well, then that's obviously like there's no argument one way or the other. As long as we had reliable judges in the event that it went to scorecards, but I don't think either one of these guys would make it 12 rounds. I think one of them would die. 
Um, and so uh, that would also make it easier because then the other side would, would know that they won if the other guy died during the boxing match. Um, also, you could have all the excitement of them training. Tell me you wouldn't pay to watch Donald Trump and Joe Biden, <laughs> Freddie Roach in the corner on the on the bags, like just kind of uh, bopping away. I mean, I think that would be incredible visuals and television. You got knocked the f*** out, man! There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, should I take a couple of calls here? Because I said I would. Let me go to Calvin in San, San Antonio. What's up, Calvin? Hey, guys. Good morning. How are um, you? What I wanted to ask about, or actually respond to, you said earlier that you asked if it would be fair to judge a quarterback based on the school they're from or player. I think it's validity in both of those things because if drafting a quarterback or any player for that matter is not an exact science and you're doing your homework as you say you should, I mean, you, you judge the player, but then you have to look at the history of that position coming out of the school. And, and I would have no problem with someone being leery of someone like Sam Donald because of the history of that position. Yeah, look, I mean, thanks for the call. That was earlier we were talking about this uh, before we got into the boxing match talk. My argument is that SC quarterbacks are overrated in general because uh, SC is the premier program in Los Angeles and because in the nation's second largest media market, we have a fixation on uh, making sure that the quarterback for SC is in a glamour program, a glamour position. And if you look back through all of the SC quarterbacks, the most successful SC quarterback probably in the last 25 years is Carson Palmer, and he hasn't been that successful. I mean, he's lasted a long time in the league, so is Sam Castle, but neither you know neither one of those guys has been a quarterback where you think, my God, this guy's been unbelievable. We're going to go to Jeff Schwartz. He's up next. What do you got for me here, uh, 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 Jason? Sorry, you said Sam Castle. I was just saying Matt Castle. Uh, all these little named uh, nobody. Everybody knows what I'm you talking about. You screwed up like four things already yeah. today. It's you wouldn't let me get away with that. No, I would because I think Bull. that in general, everybody knows what I'm talking about. If I say Sam Castle, everybody out there knows that I mean Matt You Castle. also said Sam Bradford earlier, and he's also a quarterback that plays in the league right now, and you were trying to say Sam Darnold. So that's twice at least that I could point to already today. So I'm going to start Sam, making notes of every screw-up that you have. These are not big screw-ups. These are like, everybody knows the argument they're that coming, I'm making. They're coming at you. The, the point here is the larger argument I'm making. If I screw up somebody's name, first of all, it's really early in the morning. So the idea that you're going to wake up and just be flawless in every word that you say for three hours is, is not a realistic uh, goal. The question is, are the arguments sound? My arguments are sound. Sometimes my words are a little bit off. You're sounding like audio guy right now. That's sounding like point. audio guy. I'm glad just, you figured out the joke. Just want to point it out. That wasn't Thank a very you. good joke if that was your intent. No, it really wasn't. Honestly, the the deal here is I just put it in. I put it there in the window so you would see that that's what you had said in case you wanted to say, actually, I said this. I meant to say Matt Castle. Because sometimes you'll do that when I need to correct you. It wasn't something you necessarily needed to come out and be like your audio guy it's like no i'm just trying to let you know this is what you said so that when people start to tweet you and say its name is matt castle idiot you'll actually know what he's talking about i don't even pay attention to those guys the the, the you said the wrong name guy is uh is a total joke guy it just uh, we'll loosen up a little bit all right well, we talk life. about jeff schwartz not pronouncing the ld and sam darnold's name every time he's ever hosted with me he says sam darno 
and people finally were sending me messages saying, hey, can you tell him that the man's name is Sam Darnold? And so I put this deal on Twitter and said, yeah, you know what, you do say Sam Darno. And then Jeff Schwartz's father was upset with him for not knowing how to pronounce Sam Darnold on the radio. Well, there you go. Standards are important. Um, my dad's always proud of me because I'm perfect. Uh, this is Outkick the Coverage. Up next, it's Jeff Schwartz. We'll talk about Sam Darno on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, a list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We'll go to Jeff Schwartz here momentarily, but first, is Eddie Garcia ready? To give me an update on the world of sports. I absolutely am. We'll start with the NBA. And the game of the night was without question in Cleveland, where two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference went toe-to-toe with the Cavaliers beating the Raptors 132-129. to Cleveland was down 15 points at the half. They come all the way back, thanks in part to LeBron James, who had a big game with 35 points and 17 assists. Toronto, top team in the East, had its franchise record nine-game road winning streak snapped. A race for the uh, playoff spots in the West are heating up. you got seven teams separated by three-and-a-half games battling for five spots. All those teams that were in action won last night. Pelicans beat the Pacers 96-92. New Orleans is the five-seed right now. Spurs the six-seed. They beat the Wizards 98-90. Nuggets are a game-and-a-half out of the final playoff spot behind Utah. They beat the Bulls 135 to 102, and the Clippers are two games out. They beat the Bucks 127 to 120. College basketball news: Louisville announced it will not bring back head coach David Padgett, who took over the program following the dismissal of Rick Pitino last fall. And Clay, it is time for our Geico play of the day. LeBron is at the left point, bothered by Siakam, gets to the foul and down the lane, feeds left for a quarter three. He it down. LeBron James with his 16th assist of the night sets up Kevin Love. WTAN Cavaliers Radio Network on the call. That was essentially the game-winning bucket in that big Cavaliers win over the Raptors in what could be an Eastern Conference Finals preview. And again, that was our Geico play of the day. Good deal. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well. You think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks? You're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. We bring in now Jeff Schwartz. Start with the most important and pressing question of the day, Jeff. Who you got in a boxing match, 12 rounds, <laughs> Trump versus Biden. For all of you out there who are just waking up and haven't seen already the way the day has begun, uh, let me go ahead and put people in uh, in context. I say all the time, one of the few people who is up early in the morning with us when we start the show, when I'm going through like social media, is Donald Trump. And uh, yesterday, Joe Biden said he would have beaten up Donald Trump if they had gone to high school together. Today, Donald Trump fires back crazy Joe Biden trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. We have the poll question up. 5,000 of you have voted so far. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis and vote yourself. And I said, leaving aside your personal politics and pretend you're gambling on it, who wins a boxing match, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? 62% of people are going with Trump. What say you, Jeff Shorts? Oh, I'm saying the public on that one. Are you kidding me? Um, I there's No. Uh, Biden, I think Biden will win that. The, the funny part about this whole thing, first of all, is like the the tweet. It just it sounds so juvenile. It's so funny. Like it, it, 
he's so weak mentally and physically. Like, just the insults are just so childish, and it's so funny to wake up and see that. And I tweeted it, too. I think that would be the highest-selling pay-per-view in history if Joe Biden and Donald Trump go to the Do you fight. think – all right. I My argument is, actually, I would – for our country's sake – I think it would be better if we had a boxing match to decide the presidency between Joe Biden as the Democrat and Donald Trump as the Republican <laughs> than an actual presidential election. I think that's where we are as a country, that people would be like more willing to accept the outcome of a boxing match between the two than they would an actual election. I think 90% of the country accepts the election the way it is. It's the 10% of social media that don't. Yeah, that might be true. But I also think at least then everybody sees it. There's no need to sit around and argue about politics all during, you know, for well, eight months. True. And you just have but, the two guys show up and fight. But you're going to, I mean, how, how many rounds would, would a 75 year old man last? I think one of them would die. I think, I'm not kidding. I, I think, think one so of too. them would collapse and die. But I think <laughs> then we would know who the president was going to be because it would be the person who didn't die. Uh, just like the duel back in the day, just whoever survived the duel is our new president. Yes. Um, it would be. I'll tell you what. They make whoever hosted that would make a lot of money if Showtime or HBO or one of those or Netflix and maybe Amazon will get in on the action. Um, I would bet money on Biden. My betting record this year hasn't been very good, so I'm not sure you want to take my advice. But um, I would put money on Biden. I would 100. percent I've never bought a pay per view before. Like in college, you've never bought, bought a UFC before. or anything. No, in college we bought some, but look, I, I go to bed at like 10. I'm not staying up till 11.55 to watch right. the start of a boxing match. Um, I will buy this pay-per-view, though. I will stay up and watch this fight. Um, it would be fantastic. And I just think it's just, we're at a point now where the president is physically threatening. Look, Joe Biden's a citizen. He can do say whatever he wants, right? Um, but I think we, it's, it's we're at a point now where the president is... is, is um, I would see. I would defend. I would defend Trump here because Joe Biden said that he would have beat him. Beat him up. So like Joe Biden is the Wait, one who now dude, has there's, said. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of people say things about the president. Like, you don't have to answer everything anyone says about. Oh you. yeah, but I mean, but Trump is theoretically <laughs> potentially going to run against Joe Biden. I mean, I'm not surprised that Trump eventually decided to respond here. Uh, is all Joe right, going to be the Democratic? Is Joe going to be a Democratic nominee? I think really? he's. I think he's too old. I mean, he's 75 he's already. Too old. He's you can't too elect. Old. You can't elect somebody. I don't think to serve four years if they're 77 years old. You cannot. I'm, I agree with you. I agree with you 100. Uh, regard, I mean, I'm I'm not that comfortable to be honest with having a president who's over seventy years old. I mean, I just think about you know the amount of physical toll that being president ha- takes on anybody. I mean, look at like Obama, what he looked yeah. like when he went into office, and what he looked like eight years later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah. looked a lot older. His wife didn't age, uh, and he looks a lot older eight years later. I think the physical stress and mental stress of being president is such that I don't think there are that many people in their seventies who are capable of doing that job for four or eight years. That's just my personal opinion. I think you need a guy who's in his 40s or 50s or a girl for all the people out there like, here's access. No, you could have liked a girl too, but she needs to be in her 40s or 50s too. I wasn't that comfortable with Hillary being over 70 and being president either. Um, But uh, now I guess maybe one of the positives of electing a guy over 70 is they're less likely to have an affair in the Oval Office. You get a guy in his 40s, there's no telling what he's going to get into. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's go to, first of all, you got killed over the weekend gambling on the NCAA tournament. So did I. Oh there God. were some brutal beats, in, especially I felt like on Sunday. Well, I had, let's see, I had Purdue minus four, and then Seen Hall, um, uh, they played Seen Hall, 
Uh, no, no, Purdue played uh, Butler, and then Butler scored like a, like a layup that meant nothing to end the game. I lost I that one. Seen, I, I did have Seen Hall, though, and they hit that three. I, 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 had, I had Kansas, so I lost that one. I mean, literally, I lost every game that came down to the wire with a late basket. I lost I, uh, the over-under yeah. on UNC and Texas A&M by a half point. I lost – I mean, it's one of the worst <laughs> series of beats that I've ever seen. I, I lost four – I lost five total bets by a half point. So I bet, like um, – I took Kansas City for the first half, minus five and a half. I mean, I thought that was a lock. I thought UMBC would get blown up. UMBC didn't play very well. Kansas State didn't either. But, so I lost that. They won, by, they won the first half by five. Um, I took Florida State to win the game. I also took them, I think, for the first half. They lost by half a point. Um, you know, just like, but I took, I took Loyola Chicago straight up money line. That was good, but it's been a, it was brutal, man. The, the public won again, most of the bets. Um, and now I write for a website that gambles too. So I better get my, I better get my, my mind. So right. who do you like tonight? Who's even playing? I haven't even focused on who's playing. Yeah. Loyola Chicago plays week. Nevada. The four, the four sweet 16 games tonight, uh, for people out there who are getting ready and they obviously tip off at seven Eastern tonight. Um, if you are uh, if you're following the NCAA tournament, you've got Loyola Chicago against Nevada. Nevada's a one point favorite. You got Texas A and M against Michigan. Michigan's a two and a half point favorite. Kentucky against Kansas State. Kentucky right at a five point favorite. And Florida State against Gonzaga. The Zags are a five and a half point favorite. So, so those are the four my, games my going favorite, on tonight. My favorite of those because I saw this stuff earlier in the week is Kentucky. Calipari is six and zero against the spread as Kentucky's head coach in the Sweet Sixteen. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's a good. So I like. I'm. I'm going to take that one. Um, I'm probably going to take Loyola Chicago again. I've picked. I picked them twice already so far. Uh, Nevada's had to come back now in two separate games uh, to win. You know, to come back from 22 points and, and Cincinnati choked that game away. So I'll probably take Loyola Chicago. You know, I might not bet every game. I kind of have to see how it works out. But the way I've been going, I need to just choose like two and, and ride with it and hope <laughs> I win those two games. <laughs> Uh, we were talking earlier in the show, um, in hour one, obviously Sam Darnold had his pro day yesterday. Um, and, uh, Jimmy Haslam was there sitting with the parents in the stand. So I wanted to start with that. Can you ever remember seeing an owner hanging out with parents of a potential draft pick? Publicly like that. This is the same owner, by the way. He said he drafted Johnny Manziel because a homeless guy said to draft him. Look, that might be a joke and it probably was. Who even who even says that? Like it's not that's not funny for an organization that hasn't had a quarterback in twenty years. I don't understand what he's doing. Um, he should not be. Look, the owner should have a say a little bit in who the quarterback is, and that's. I think the owner should have a say, uh, especially if it's a top quarterback. More on the character side, he should not be evaluating football. Um, yeah, he had a Jimmy notepad the, that he was writing right, he things not, on, he, which is really not, funny. He does not need to be taking notes. He has John Dorsey there, who's the GM, who's a trusted general manager in the NFL, who built the Chiefs. He was with the, the, the Packers as well. Let him make the football decisions. If you want to get to know Sam Darnold, the guy, then maybe talk to his parents, I guess, or you know, you'll have him in for a, a visit eventually in Cleveland. But I thought it was very odd that he was there, um, especially in the rain, too, and talking to his parents. I mean, look, his parents will talk to him, of course. They'll try, try to sell their son and get back to number one. But... Um, I just thought it was odd because look, you're not going to really interact with his parents once he becomes your your uh, your quarterback. I mean, yeah, you'll see him, but I just thought it was very odd. It's a weird look. I don't know if any other owner has gone to a pro day or will, will attend a pro day. Um, maybe he was in Los Angeles already. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the need for him to get involved in this decision because that, that's been the problem, right? The problem has been 
ownership's been meddling in stuff that happens with the Browns. You see the best organizations in the, in the NFL, their owners don't meddle in what happens in day-to-day activities. And we even saw last year, you know, reports of, of Kraft kind of finally intervening a little bit and maybe what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo and things like that. And look, it, it creates a toxic work environment when you have people that work on this 24-7 and the owner just pops down from the owner's suite and says, hey, can you make this football decision for me? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a strange thing. Having said that, we ran through a long list of USC quarterbacks who have ended up being not as good as people would have hoped when they actually yep. got to the NFL. Whether it's uh, obviously Carson Palmer, probably the most successful SC quarterback over the past 25 years. Uh, uh, Sanchez, uh, Matt Leinart, um, Matt Barkley, Barkley uh, Cody Kessler, even if the guys aren't that highly projected. You can go all the way back to Rodney Pete. You could include, I mean, there's so many different SC guys, obviously Todd Marinovich, that you can go through over the last 25 years that have not panned out once they got to the NFL. Is it fair to ask the question, are SC quarterbacks overrated? And in particular, the question I'm asking is, what if Sam Darnold played at Arizona State? Would he be the number one overall pick then? It's a good question. Um, probably not, quite honestly. I mean, I think you know, the notoriety you get at USC as a young football player obviously helps you and puts you on the radar. Um, and, you know, if you look at his games last year, because Mel Kuyper was spouting off yesterday about some nonsense about Josh Allen and, and Darnold being the same. Josh Allen's not close to being the same class as Sam Darnold is. And, and he's talking about, you know, if he, how do he, how he play well, how do he play in, in big games. Sam Darnold was fine. But I do think that playing at USC, especially when you're younger, does draw more attention to the eyeballs. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it is fair to question, you know, whether quarterbacks from USC are successful. Wide receivers definitely have not been. Um, but do you not draft him because of that? Do you draft Josh Rosen because Troy Eggman came out of UCLA and he was good? I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a silly reason to draft a quarterback. I think you draft him based off of talent. I don't know why USC quarterbacks have done NFL and not succeeded. Um, you know, Oregon had that same problem too. Joey Harrington, Achilles Smith. What did, did you not draft Marcus Mariota because Joey Harrington was a failure in NFL? I think that's kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's the challenge. My my question would be, I don't think that those other schools that they get the 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 bonus. Like, I think Joey Harrington and Achilles Smith and Marcus Mariota got a lot of attention because they played really well at the college level, not because they went to Oregon. Whereas I think there is a bonus that you get for being the USC quarterback because of the cachet and renown and glitz and glamour associated with playing football at SC. Now, having said that, I mean, my favorite stat about the draft, and it's going to extend for another year this year, is that the entire Big Ten conference? You want to win a yeah, you want to win a bar bet. You know this one too. Amazing, this is amazing, amazing trivia question. Yeah, if you want to win a bar bet, nobody's going to believe you this weekend if you break this out when you're sitting around watching the NCAA tournament games. Ask your buddies the last first round quarterback to come from the Big Ten and or say, hey. I bet you the Big Ten hasn't even had a first-round quarterback drafted since 1995. Because the truth is that the Big Ten as an entire conference has not had a first-round quarterback drafted since Kerry Collins out of Penn State in 1995. Think about how unbelievable that stat is. Now, they've had people out there like, yeah, but we've had good – yes, you've got Tom Brady. If you want to count Russell Wilson, uh, he went to Wisconsin for a year. Then maybe that's a little bit fair. You certainly have got Drew Brees. You got Kirk Cousins. 
There's a bunch of guys who have played in the Big Ten and gone on to have success in the NFL, but none of them have been drafted in the first round since all the way back to 1995, which is pretty freaking unbelievable. And there's no one this year. I can't even with JT Barrett. Well, he won't get drafted high. I mean, he won't get drafted until what the fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe. Um, it's pretty remarkable to have a conference that succeeded that that well and not have any. You know, Hornibrook, the quarterback for Wisconsin, completes like seventy five percent of passes too. He's a very efficient passer, but he doesn't. He's not any good. So yeah, I mean, to win football games. I mean, look at Alabama, right? They've won. So many football games, so many championships have not had a pro quarterback really until maybe Tua. I mean, Tua might be the first one. Well, AJ McCarron. He, he didn't get drafted high. He was a fifth round draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, and he obviously hasn't proven how good he's going to be. We'll see with the Bills whether or not he's a starting quarterback there. But no, I mean, it's not just Alabama. It's in Nick Saban's history as a head football coach, the best quarterback he's ever had is AJ McCarron. It, that's one of the most amazing things about Nick Saban's dominance. It's not just that he's dominated, but he's done it without a quarterback. Jeff Schwartz, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Uh, that is Jeff Schwartz. Go follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. I'm Clay Travis. What's the worst way to die? I might have just found it. I'll tell you about it next. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket it just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Uh, news coming out uh, this morning early, and it's not about Donald Trump fighting uh, Joe Biden, at least not this news. Rhode Island's uh, Dan Hurley to be hired as the head coach at UConn. This is from Jeff Goodman. He's an ESPN insider. UConn has agreed to hire Rhode Island's Dan Hurley as an ex-men's basketball coach. Uh, multiple sources told uh, Jeff Goodman at ESPN. Hurley will replace Kevin Ali who was let go by the Huskies earlier this month after a fourth subpar season. Uh, Hurley took uh, Rhode Island six years ago, took him to the NCAA tournament each of the past two years. He had uh, three offers over the past couple of days from UConn, Pittsburgh, and an increased long-term offer from Rhode Island. And he took the UConn job. He took the UConn job over Pitt. And uh, the reason that he did that is because of the storied history of the UConn program according to this story. So uh, that job being filled early this morning, that news, if you are a UConn Huskies fan, is good. Now, this is news that is not good. I saw this and I thought, my God, I can't believe this is one of the most awful stories I've seen in a long time. What's the worst way to die? I don't know. There are a lot of bad ones. You could drown, could burn to death. How about you die after getting your head stuck in a movie theater seat? A man died after lodging his head in the footrest of his electronic seat at a movie theater in Birmingham uh, in the United Kingdom. The accident occurred March 9th, uh, and the, uh, they announced his death a week later. According to the Birmingham, and this is Birmingham, UK, in the United Kingdom, in England, uh, the newspaper, the man dropped his phone and was trying to retrieve it between the theater's gold-class seats at the end of the film, how many of you have dropped your theater, your phone in the movie theater? Movie theater. I do it almost every time. The three gold-class rooms at the complex offer a fully licensed bar, uh, and only 18 and up can go there. After he bent down to get his phone, the, uh, the reclining seat, uh, this is unbelievable, the reclining electronic seat's footrest clamped down on his head. He was attending the film with his partner, who became frantic, 
as the man started to panic upon realizing he was stuck. Staff and other patrons at the cinema struggled to free him and eventually broke him out of the entrapment. However, the man suffered a heart attack and then he died. This is unbelievable. So the next time you drop your phone at the movie theater, think about whether or not you're actually going to survive your attempt to pick it back up. How awful is that as a way to go, guys? Is that can you? Would you have ever believed that you could uh, die in a movie theater uh, by a uh, by dropping your phone? That is horrible, Clay. The only thing that could possibly be worse, and this happened to me and somebody I was with at Great America in uh, in the Bay Area, the roller coaster stopped before we got to the end, and we were locked in the harnesses. Oh, uh, so they had to come in and, like individually let you out, <laughs> right? But I mean, we weren't to where you unload yet, so we were still kind of almost upside down and you know how those harnesses are locked against your chest oh yeah yeah so i was starting to panic a little bit i mean you feel your heart starting to race and so uh, i could totally see how that guy would would have a heart attack like that that's that's just horrible so how close were you to being upside down uh we had just come out of the last turn and it was one of those rides like batman i don't know if you're familiar with that here in valencia california where your legs are dangling yeah yeah i've done that yeah Yeah. so it was one of those types of rides and so the harness was just really tight, and I, I told the girl I was with, I'm like, they better get us the hell out of here fast because I, I'm going to freak out right here. So how did they get you off? Uh, the the <laughs> ride finally, <laughs> we we were we were there for, we were stuck for I want to say probably 12, 13 minutes, and then that ride started again. Yeah, and then they because they don't us have in. the reason why I'm asking is there's no way for you to just step off of the ride no, and walk no, on no, the. No. No, we could. There's nothing underneath. We could see the huge drop below our feet, so uh, you could hear the girls starting to uh, <laughs> scream a little bit, and yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, never know what you're going to hear. Um, all right, uh, final hour of the show up next. We'll talk a little bit about Sam Darnold's pro day. We'll talk about LeBron getting the win over the Toronto Raptors and Sweet 16 games. Who do we like in the four Sweet 16 games that are going to be going on tonight, uh, both against the number and otherwise? All of that final hour of the show. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Thursday. May also toss in a little Animal Thunderdome for you here. Final hour of the show next on OutKick. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes, set up screener questions based on your job requirements, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Uh, Several different stories out there in the world of sports off the top here as you may be waking up across the country. Uh, LeBron and the Cavs beat the Raptors in potentially an Eastern Conference Finals preview. Suddenly, Kevin Love is everything that's right with the Cavs instead of everything to blame with the Cavs. Sam Darnold uh, has his pro day at USC. We've been asking the question, is Darnold worth the number one overall pick? Jimmy Haslam seems to think so. He's set with the parents the owner of the Cleveland Browns did. He had that big notepad that he seemed to be making notes on uh, what exactly he's writing down, who has any idea. Uh, but uh, also, is Sam Darnold overrated because he's been to USC 
been talking about the history of USC quarterbacks and whether or not they get an artificial bump because of the glitz and glamour associated with being an SC quarterback. The Sweet 16 is also here. We'll break down who we like in these games tonight. Obviously, four different big uh, basketball games. Loyola, Chicago, Nevada tips off around 7 o'clock Eastern. Texas A&M, Michigan, Kansas State, Kentucky, and Florida State and Gonzaga. All of that going up on throughout the night. We'll talk about that quite a bit on Friday, obviously, to get you ready for the NCAA uh, tournament uh, reaction from from tonight's games and also get you ready for Friday as we move towards the Final Four, which I believe will be taking place down in San Antonio this year. Um, But amazing story. I say it all the time because a lot of times when we start this show at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, there are not a lot of people awake. Not a lot of people who have already started their day and off and running. One of them, frequently, who is up early in the morning tweeting is Donald Trump. And he has responded to Joe Biden early this morning. If you have not seen it, it has led us to our poll question. But what did Joe Biden say? Listen to this. I believe this is in Miami, Florida last night or yesterday at some point during the day. Joe Biden talking about Donald Trump. Here is that audio. When a guy who ended up becoming a national leader said, I can grab a woman anywhere and she likes it, and then said, I, I made a mistake, I didn't make a mistake. They asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? I said, no. I said, if we're in high school, I'd take you kind of gym and beat the hell That is Joe Biden talking about Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump fires back early this morning uh, in the first hour of our show. Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe, uh, is Donald Trump's comment on what you just heard Joe Biden saying. Now, our poll question for the day, and you can find this poll question at Clay Travis on Twitter, and I said, leaving aside your personal politics and pretending you are gambling on it, who wins a boxing match at real Donald Trump or at Joe Biden? Over 10,000 of you have voted already. 61% of you are going Trump over Biden. Now, the tale of the tape, Donald Trump is six foot three and weighed in at 239 pounds in his most recent physical. Joe Biden is listed at six foot, what did they say, 182 pounds? Is that what you guys told me? Yeah, 182. 182. Yeah, Yeah, six foot 182. So between the two of them, Trump has about a 60 pound weight advantage, and he also has a three inch height advantage. Trump is 71. Joe Biden is 75. So Trump is four years younger in the boxing match. Let me bring in the crew. I also am going to open up the phone lines to take your calls on it. Who would you take, Trump or Biden? And what round do you think it ends in? I want your opinions. 877 996 6369. Jason Martin, who you got? 
I got to take the Donald here. He's got the reach advantage. He's got the height advantage. I think he fights dirtier than Biden. Plus, I've seen that guy survive a stone cold stunt <laughs> and walk away from it. So I'm taking the president in this in this particular fight. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. We'll take your calls. I want the round. I want the outcome. Uh, open it up for the Outkick crew. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. You can also go vote as always in the poll. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Let's go out to L.A. Danny G and uh, Justin, who have you guys got in this match? So my first instinct was to think because the Donald is kind of scrappy that he might take Biden. But the more I thought about it, Biden is sneaky tough. I I think he would win in an upset, a KO in the fourth round. Knockout in the fourth. Wow. Uh, What about you, uh, Justin Cooper? (sighs) All right. So I realize that there's a big size advantage for Trump, but I was was mentioning this in 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 our chat off the air. I just can't imagine Trump ever having thrown a legitimate punch in his entire life. You know, he's one of those like silver spoon kids, you know, probably went to, you know, I I don't know. I just don't see him being good in a physical altercation. So I think that Biden would win and it would be kind of more like a a, a -a rope-a-dope situation. I think Biden could just kind of take Trump's weak punches until he tires out and then and then knock him out. I think one of these guys would die. I mean, I'm not even kidding about this. I think if you put your average guys in their 70s in a fight in the ring, and uh, I I think one of them would die. Um, But I also think that maybe this would be the best way to decide the 2020 presidency. I'm already a little bit nervous that that what's happened basically in our country is people don't pick the candidate who's best. They pick the candidate who makes the other side hate them the most. Hillary Clinton was the most hated Democrat to ever run for president. And Donald Trump was the most hated Republican to ever run for president. Trump is going to be the nominee in 2020, I believe. I think he's going to be running again in 2020. And Democrats obviously all hate Donald Trump. I'm trying to think of who the most hated Democrat that Democrats could pick by Republicans. Because again, it used to be in politics that you picked the guy... And it was always the guy, the guy who was most likely to appeal to the larger American populace. Now the political process has, I think, gotten tainted to the point where people pick the candidate to run for president who the other side hates the most. And so I'm trying to think of who the Democrats are going to run that will be the most hated candidate for the Republicans. And I'm just not sure who that person could be. But I feel like that's going to be who ends up running against Donald Trump. It was underrated because everybody talked about how polarizing Trump was and Hillary and everything else. In 2016, in the history of our country, we picked the two most hated people to ever run for president against each other. And I think 2020 will probably be a a replication of that. So I would actually prefer that we just had a boxing match to decide the president in 2020. As long as we didn't have Russian judges, as long as we had like honest, actual people who were being the judges here in the event that it went 12 rounds I would prefer that we just had a boxing match to decide the president I think people would respect that more I think it would save us from having to deal with eight months of politicking over who the president should be if we just knew we had a big boxing match on November whatever the date is instead of election day we just got a 12 round match set up between Donald Trump and Joe Biden the Biden's the Democrat and Trump is the Republican 
boom, whoever wins that fight is our uh, next president. 877-996-6369. Let's go to uh, Nathan in Jacksonville. What you got for me? Hey, Clay. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Basically, my thought is, you know, Trump would win today, but at that time in high school, uh, Biden would have been four years older than him. He would have been a senior in high school versus a freshman, and uh, maybe he could have took him out uh, based on that. You know, he would have been bigger than him probably at that time. Intriguing. So if you went all the way back to the 1940s when these guys were in high school or the 50s or whatever the heck it was... You're going with uh, you're going with Biden back in the day, but who do you got today? Well, he said he said he dropped, but he said that Trump would win today, okay. but that Biden would win back then. If they're fighting in the 40s, are they fighting in like wife beaters and slacks? Because <laughs> that's 40s. like all the black and white photos you used to see are like guys in chinos and yep. guys in like I think black I'm being dress a, pants. A little bit unfair to these guys. I think they were born in the 40s. <laughs> yes, I think they, they would have been. But fighting Biden in... was born in 42. And okay, then would 40. they have had to get past Braddock? Uh, <laughs> I think they would have been fighting in the 50s, probably, the late 50s, uh, moving into the early 1960s. I mean, these guys are old. I mean, the, the, the guys in their 70s throwing punches at each other. First of all, I don't think either guy could knock either other of the other guy out. I think it's more likely that they would have, like I said, a heart attack or that somebody would just be so tired. I don't think there'd be a lot of punches thrown in this in this fight. I, I really don't. I think they would tire themselves out quickly. I do think Biden's in better physical condition, but I think Trump could just lay on him and he weighs like 60 pounds more. You know, a lot of these fights end up in just grappling and you're just like leaning on somebody. And so uh, I, I think that would uh, that would factor in potentially as well. Jose and Fremont, what you got for me? What's up, brother? And love the show, man. Check this out. I think, uh, I think it'd be over in the first round on disqualification because I think Trump would do something shady. And if it was back in the day, or even now, I think Trump would even hire a hitman before he even got to the fight because you all mob connected. Hey, check this out. I love Jamar with you. He's great, but when he's solo, please, brother, you got to do something. Wow! wow. Like Jason Martin just Appreciate of it, late. Jose. You have just been taken out on the back end of some calls. I guess. Uh, we'll take more you of these calls. You mentioned that to me, but that's all right. 877-996-6369. Load them up. I'll go to your calls when we come back. 877-996-6369. Who you got? Trump versus uh, uh, versus Biden, the big brawl uh, the, the, to decide it all in 2020. Also, we'll break down the Sweet 16 for you, get you ready for those games coming tonight. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Yes, the president and Joe Biden are feuding. Yes, it would be a glorious boxing match. Yes, this is what our country needs to bring us all back together again. This is Fox Sports Radio. Taking us back to 1989 is Danny G spinning the hits here. Throwback Thursday as we do every single Thursday on Outkick the Coverage. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, the list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience as well. I'm telling you, try to. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. We're breaking down the Donald Trump versus uh, Joe Biden fight. If you haven't heard, uh, Joe Biden yesterday said he would have kicked Donald Trump's ass. Today, Donald Trump uh, fires back early this morning during the show 
saying, and I quote, uh, crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. Poll question is up. Thousands of you weighing in, over 12,000 of you, in fact, in the first hour of this poll question. Leaving aside your personal politics and pretending you're gambling on it, who wins a boxing match, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? 62% of you coming in on Donald Trump's side at 6'3", 239 versus six foot, 180-pound Joe Biden. Let's go to some of your calls. King in Jacksonville, what you got for me? Hey, what's going on, Trap? Hey, I, I think Donald Trump wins by uh, disqualification by Joe Biden. What so. do you think Biden does disqu- to disqualify himself? I, I, I I think as soon as they touch gloves and they introduce, he takes a cheap shot on him because I think he hates him that much. <laughs> How amazing would this fight be to actually see? Thanks for the call, King in Jacksonville. Uh, Chuck in Oakland. What's up, Chuck? Yeah, I think Biden would. I think Biden would kick his ass. So first of all, Trump is too fat. You ever seen him from the side? He's got a gut that won't quit. Isn't that protection? And, uh, Can't hard to get huh? him in the midsection create any damage. Well, he can't. Trump can't move. <laughs> you can't move with that gut. You know, he can't get out of that golf cart. He can't go five feet without stepping into a golf cart. Well, but there's lots of talk. He, he's been having sex with porn stars. He's got to have some uh, hip flexibility there to pull that off. <laughs> but that that gut that that gut he won't get it. No, I, I go I go with Biden. Uh, let's go to uh, Luke in New York. What's up, Luke? Sorry, actually, Gary in Virginia. Gary yeah. in Virginia. What's up, Gary? Hey, I'm, I'm definitely pulling for Trump. Um, basically, there wouldn't even be a fight because as soon as the bell rung, Joe Biden would go for fighting the protesting because he's a liberal, so you know how sensitive they are. I think a better fight might be uh, Trump against Michelle Obama, being that she's a man anyway. <laughs> Off the top rope. Uh, thanks for the call, Gary in Indiana. Michelle Obama just driving around, headed into work this morning. Next thing you know, she gets attacked. We had a good picture uh, up on uh, the memes. I was talking about how I think it's crazy that we elect anybody who's in his 70s or her 70s to be president because it seems what like the, the presidency does in terms of physically draining uh, an individual. If you look at a picture, for instance, of Bill Clinton when he ish- entered the White House in, I think it was 1992, and left in 2000, he looked appreciably older. Same thing of uh, George W. Bush entered the White House in 2000, left in 2008. Barack Obama enters in 08, uh, leaves in 16. There's a picture of what Bernie Sanders would look like uh, if he had gotten elected president. And it's the uh, – uh, have you guys seen this meme where it's the uh, – it's like what, what, the tells from the crypt guy. Uh, and basically, like uh, if you think about the fact that Bernie Sanders is well over 70, I can't believe we elect somebody who's over 70 years old in general. Um, and uh, that is the uh, the fun Fox News. Uh, somebody sent me the link, foxnews.com. The lead story on foxnews.com is now Donald Trump squaring up for fisticuffs up against Joe Biden, and they've got a tale of the tape uh, that is breaking down this fight as well. 877-996-6369 uh, if you want to weigh in. One of the other things we've been talking about in addition to this fight is the decision about what to do with the number one overall pick. And obviously, uh, Carson uh, Carson Palmer, uh, we had yesterday Sam Darnold having his pro day. And there's a long collection of USC quarterbacks who have bombed, right? Guys who you thought, hey, this is going to be a great quarterback, and they haven't actually panned out. Here's the collection 
of drafted USC quarterbacks in what looks to be like the last 35 years, basically. Are you ready for this list? Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Matt Barkley, Rob Johnson, Matt Castle, Rodney Pete, Pat Hayden, John David Booty, Cody Kessler, Sean Salisbury, Paul McDonald, Vince Evans, Mark Sanchez, and now Sam Darnold. Of that list, of that list of USC quarterbacks, I would say that Carson Palmer is probably the most accomplished. In fact, I don't think any of you out there would argue, really, if you look at the numbers, that Carson Palmer is not the most successful quarterback to have ever come out of SC and ended up an NFL quarterback. But he's only won, I believe I'm correct in this, one playoff game in his career. And so the question I'm asking, which I think is an interesting one, about uh, about Sam Darnold is even if you are a believer in Sam Darnold, and I know a lot of you out there listening to me right now are believers in Sam Darnold based on what you've seen, and frankly, I know a lot of you are not believers in Sam Darnold based on what you've seen because it's 50-50 when it comes to trying to predict who is going to be a successful quarterback. But to me, when you look at that list, is it not fair to ask, are USC quarterbacks getting an SC bump? SC is the straw that stirs the drink, certainly for the last 20 years when there's been no NFL team. But even before that, Southern California is the glitz and glamour program when it comes to football in the nation's second largest media market. And so when I run through that list of quarterbacks that have been drafted into the NFL, Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Matt Barkley, Rob Johnson, Matt Castle, Rodney Pete, Pat Hayden, John David Booty, Cody Kessler, Sean Salisbury, Paul McDonald, Vince Evans, Mark Sanchez, is there not an argument to be made that the quarterbacks that have been drafted from SC have been overrated relative to the fact that they actually went to Southern Cal? Is there any truth to this? Now, we just had Jeff Schwartz on an hour or two, and he pointed out an interesting question. Just because all of these guys have not panned out does not mean that Sam Darnold is going to not pan out as well. Very valid point. But the question that I'm asking is, Sam Darnold, if he's the exact same player, zero difference, has the exact same stats, and had played at Arizona State instead, is he then the number one quarterback potentially drafted in the entire uh, in the entire draft. I, I don't think so. I don't think if he'd gone to Arizona State and done the exact same things that he has done at SC. Remember, he hasn't played in that many games. This guy became a star in his red shirt freshman season in the Rose Bowl against Penn State. He was pretty good last year. But he's still only a redshirt sophomore. He didn't start his redshirt freshman season with SC. I can see all the arguments. I came on after the Rose Bowl and I said, this guy reminds me of Andrew Luck. The size, the way he can throw the ball, moving outside of pocket. Andrew Luck, underrated athlete, ran a 4-5 at the Combine. Um, Just a big-time playmaker like Andrew Luck was at Stanford. The difference was we saw a lot of games that Andrew Luck played at Stanford. He had a long history before he went pro. And so I'm just asking the question, if Sam Darnold had gone to Arizona State, would everybody be saying, oh, this guy is a no-brainer, default, number one overall pick? And look, 
I know it's the NFL draft, so everybody is not going to be on one side or the other. But when I see Jimmy Haslam sitting with Sam Darnold's parents at the pro day, unless Haslam is trying to entice another team to trade up that he knows is in love with Sam Darnold, I think that if the Browns use that number one pick, they are going to draft Sam Darnold and they're going to take him number one overall. I'd be very surprised if that doesn't happen. How much of Sam Darnold being the number one overall draft pick is predicated on Sam Darnold having gone to USC, having played in that Rose Bowl, the glitz and the glamour associated with being a Trojan quarterback in the nation's second largest media market in LA? I think it's a big question. I think it's worth contemplating, certainly, as you try and analyze Sam Darnold compared to Josh Allen, compared to uh, Baker Mayfield, and certainly compared to Josh Rosen, and even beyond that, compared to... Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph and everybody else that seems to be in the top six right now of the overall quarterbacks. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but first let me bring in my guy Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, Clay, last night in the NBA, we had a big game in the Eastern Conference. Who knows, maybe a Eastern Conference Finals preview with the Cavaliers hosting the Raptors. Cleveland was down 15 points on their home court at the half. They stormed back in the second half and posted a 132-129 victory. LeBron James had a big game with 35 points and 17 assists for Toronto, the top team in the East. Their franchise record nine-game road winning streak came to an end. Playoff races are heating up in the Western Conference. you got seven teams separated by three and a half games battling for five playoff spots. The four teams that were in action last night in the thick of a playoff race all won. Pelicans, who are the five seed in the West, beat the Pacers 96-92. The Spurs are the sixth seed. They beat the Wizards 98-90. Nuggets down the Bulls 135-102. Denver is a game and a half out of the final playoff spot. Clippers beat the Bucks 127-120. LA is two out of that final playoff spot. News from college basketball where Dan Hurley is apparently going to be the new head coach at Connecticut. He helped lead Rhode Island into the NCAA tournament this year, and he's reportedly getting a six-year deal to be the head coach of the Huskies. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And uh, Clay, you know, we're out here obviously in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of rumors floating around about Indomitian Sioux becoming a Los Angeles Ram. Now, he met with the Rams the other day, was scheduled to visit with the Raiders yesterday, but he canceled that trip. Now, there's multiple reports saying he was going to return home to Portland to mull his options, but uh, again, we have some sources here in L.A. They're not willing to go on the record, but they're saying that Sue actually is still in Los Angeles, and there is a belief that he's on the verge of signing with the L.A. Rams, so keep that in mind going forward with your day. Well, that would be amazing if he's paired next to Aaron Donald. It would also suggest that the Rams, at least in my opinion, believe in Jared Goff and are trying to make a run much like the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson where you get that young quarterback in under his rookie contract and you're able to build a lot of talent around him. And as a result, you don't have to pay a guy $25 million a year to be your quarterback. And so you can sprinkle that money around and get another couple, maybe even three, big-time players that you wouldn't be able to afford if you had to pay him $25 million. So that is certainly uh, worth paying attention to. We're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We talked about this the the other day. Um, It's been a while back, but to proposed NFL rule changes, one of them, I remember we animated our poll question, was would you prefer that the NFL had 
a 15-yard penalty for uh, pass interference instead of a spot foul. There had been discussion about making that change. Uh, Judy Batista, who writes, I believe, at the New York Times, just said, uh, just tweeted out, on the proposal to make defensive pass interference a 15-yard penalty instead of a spot foul, I'm told the competition committee not in favor of that change, not expected to recommend approval to the owners next week. Now, one bit of news that will be, I think, welcome to the average NFL fan out there is that the competition committee is going to recommend this change on the catch rule. This would be the new NFL catch rule. One, you need control. Two, you need two feet down or another body part. Nothing has changed there. Three, where the change would come is you make a football move such as, and this is where the definition of what a football move is, a third step, so a third step, and this is one that I think a lot of people are going to approve of, reaching or extending for the line to gain or the touchdown. This seems to be a uh, specific change made in uh, reaction to the Jesse James catch-non-catch controversy in the Steelers-Patriots game and also the Zach Ertz play in the Super Bowl where they went to review and there was some concern that as he dove in and lost control of the football, effectively um, that would be a change. Also, there's another little rule, the ability to perform such an act. That would be a change that I think would be uh, much welcome in the larger context of the NFL. Um, and I actually like the idea of making defensive pass interference in the NFL a 15-yard penalty as opposed to a spot foul. Argument would be why you don't want to do that, that NFL defensive backs are so skilled that if they get beat, they would just give up a personal uh, a 15-yard penalty as opposed to uh, allowing a deep ball to be caught, or that if there's a uh, 50-50 ball that the NFL defensive back might well tackle if it's 50 yards down the field as opposed to uh, as opposed to worrying about getting the 50-yard penalty, you give up the 15-yarder. I'm not sure exactly what that would look like, but uh, but that is uh, that's at least uh, worth discussing. Judy Batista now at the NFL Network, now uh, uh, not with the uh, New York Times where she used to be. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and go to break early. I will come back on the flip side. We'll talk about all these issues, but in particular, we will break down the Sweet 16 and give you our picks for tonight's game in the Sweet 16. Uh, all of that still to come uh, here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Criss Cross from 1996, I'm told. I didn't remember this. If it wasn't the first album, I didn't hear anything from Criss Cross. One of the Chris is still alive. The other one, unfortunately, dead. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago as well. Listen to me. Listen closely. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Sweet 16 basketball games going on tonight. Loyola, Chicago against Nevada. Texas A&M against Michigan. Kansas State against Kentucky, Florida State against Gonzaga. Let's go around. I'll give let everybody I'll give you all my gambling picks, but I want everybody to give me their best game of these four. Just if you had to pick one of these four, people are busy. They may not be able to watch all of them. They're on CBS and TNT tonight. Two CBS games, two TBS games. I'm telling you right now, I think the best game on this list is going to be Texas A&M and Michigan. Texas A&M is playing really well down the stretch. They have an incredibly talented roster that did not play as well as anticipated 
during the regular season. They put it all together on Sunday against North Carolina. Absolutely dominated the defending national champs. Michigan has been erratic. They didn't look very good against Montana. They were very fortunate to get past Houston. So I think of, but I think of all the games that are going on tonight, if I only had to pick one to watch, I would go with Texas A&M and Michigan, which is on TBS at around 7.30 Eastern. Jason Martin, the best Sweet 16 game tonight is? Michigan and A&M. I agree. I, I looked at the others. I'm not particularly interested in Gonzaga and Florida State. It could be good. I think Nevada and Loyola, Chicago, my prediction is Nevada's going to win by double figures in that game. I think this is the one where Loyola, Loyola, Chicago just cannot score enough to stay with Nevada. And then Kentucky, Kansas State. Kentucky's one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the entire country. Kansas State relies on defense more than anything else. I think that's going to be kind of a slog-filled game, not an up-and-down game. Michigan and A&M, to me, is going to be a really interesting matchup. What about L.A.? What do you guys got, Danny G.? Clay, I, I know you have a certain reason why you think Sister Jean has the magic touch. She sold her soul to the devil. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I, I'm not the kind of guy to cast aspersions on nuns, but I think this 98-year-old nun, in order to get past Miami and then that shot that they hit against Tennessee, Yeah, it wasn't just that they made that shot. I don't even remember. Can you guys think of a shot that bounced around the rim like that and went off? I mean, this guy missed the shot so bad. He left it short. It hit the front of the rim. It kicked up and hit the top of the backboard, came back down, hit the back of the rim, and went in. I can't remember anybody ever hitting a shot like that to win a game. I I, I can't even remember it happening in in a high school game I've been to, at any college game, at any NBA game where a guy misses the shot like that but gets a roll, that to me evidence perfectly encapsulated that Sister Jean, this 98-year-old uh, nun, has sold her soul to the devil. Can you guys even remember a shot like that going in? The only thing that was close, and this is exactly what I thought of when I saw it, was 1996. And I don't know why I remember this except that my dad taped the game so we had it, and I watched it a million times when I was like a junior, senior in high school, was Ray Allen at UConn in 1996 against Allen Iverson in Georgetown in the Big East Championship. Ray Allen hit a shot with like 15 seconds left somewhere in that neighborhood that hit the front of the rim, then hit kind of the stanchion behind that, that holds the rim to the backboard, then hit the glass, and then dropped in. And that was the only shot when I saw it. I was like, is that Ray Allen? That's exactly what it looked like to me. So if you have to go back 20 years, and that was a yes. uh, that was a Big East title game between yes. uh, Ray Allen and Allen Iverson back in the day. Yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah. UConn hiring a new coach, and they have hired uh, Hurley from uh, Rhode Island, Danny Hurley, I believe, to be the yes. new uh, head basketball coach at UConn if you are uh, interested in that job search. Uh, what about you, uh, Justin? Which of these games? Did you answer the question, Danny? Which of the oh. games was the best? You haven't even answered. No, well, I was getting to uh, Loyola, Chicago. It's the one thing, one of the things I did right on my bracket is I, I had them advancing to the Elite Eight. So I think they're going to continue to be the Cinderella of this tournament. They have a great defense. The question will be whether or not they can slow down uh, the Nevada, who has a very good offense. And by the way, Nevada has come back substantially in both the both of their early games uh they were down I don't even remember who their first round game was against now I watched it Texas. Uh, but they Texas they came back to beat Texas after being down by I think 14 points in that game and then obviously they came back from 22 down with 11 minutes to play against Cincinnati so whatever that number 
ends up being in the midst of that game, uh, you better stay tuned. So you like that one the best. What about you, Justin? I'm most. I mean, obviously, I'm not uh, as well versed in the the storylines of of college basketball, but I'm I'm most interested in in Kentucky's game basically because. I remember kind of every going into the tournament. It seemed like everybody was kind of writing them off, like, "Oh, it's not really, you know." Well, Kentucky's that bracket year. was was brutal, right? Because right, you thought now, they were going to have to play Davidson, who's good, right? I mean, Davidson gave him a run. I think ended up losing by five, and then you thought you were going to have to play Arizona and uh, DeAndre Ayton, who the expectation is now. I see in all the mock drafts now that he's officially announced is going to be the number one overall pick, and then you thought they were going to play UVA, who was the number one overall number number one seed. And that was just to get to the Elite Eight before you even got a chance to play for the Final Four. Now, instead, Kentucky gets to go up against uh, Davidson, which is a 12 seed. The 11 seed, uh, of, or 14 seed, sorry, I, or whatever the heck they were, the Buffalo team, uh, that, that should have been, what, a 13 seed Buffalo. Then they get to play against the 9 seed Kansas uh, State. And it's possible that if Nevada or uh, or Loyola of Chicago, if they win, they beat Kansas State, they play either a 7 or an 11 to get into the final four, which would be one of the best runs in terms of not having to play top teams ever. It's unprecedented. There's never been a region in the history of the NCAA tournament that has not had any of the top four seeds advance at least to the Sweet 16. This is the first time it's ever happened. The Kentucky, like a five seed being the favorite, a five seed being the high seed left, has never happened before at this stage of the NCAA tournament. And if you are a Cincinnati or a Tennessee fan, both of which lost really close games, you have to be just uh, looking at this bracket just uh, beside yourself, uh, both of these teams, because you got the role for Loyola of Chicago after Tennessee thought they might have won the game. The ball knocked out with 10 seconds left. It was a fine line between who touched it last. Tennessee almost had the ball there, and then you get the ball that rolls all around the basket and ends up going in. And then for Cincinnati, my God, you have a 22-point lead with 11 minutes to play and blow it, and if you had won, you would have gotten to play Loyola of Chicago and been, I don't know, a seven- or an eight-point favorite, probably, if you're Cincinnati, six-point favorite at least, uh, with a chance to advance for a chance to play uh, to go to the Final Four. So all of those games uh, going on. Uh, I should mention, by the way, that you should find our poll question, and if you are out there uh, right now, why not go vote at Clay Travis on Twitter. You can find me there, and the poll question is this battle, if you don't know, Yesterday, Joe Biden said if he had gone to high school with Donald Trump, he would have kicked his ass. Uh, today, Donald Trump firing back and saying, crazy Joe Biden, trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he's weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, uh, Joe. And so uh, in this poll question now, which 15,000 of you have voted in, uh, leaving aside your personal politics and pretend you're gambling on it, who wins a boxing match? Is it the six foot three, two hundred and thirty nine pound Donald Trump, or the six foot one hundred and eighty pound Joe Biden? Sixty two percent of the vote is in Donald Trump getting sixty two percent. Sorry, sixty two percent of the support. Joe Biden getting thirty eight percent of the vote. With fifteen thousand of you having voted uh, so far, um, and. Uh, Johnny Manziel, uh, this is out there for Bruce Feldman, saying that Johnny Manziel is going to be throwing to receivers at the University of San Diego's Pro Day today, and this is the first time NFL teams have had a chance to see him throw since his days with the Browns. Johnny Manziel trying to get back into the NFL, and uh, we will see what happens there. I have not been on a gambling roll 
I got to be honest with you. I have not been on a gambling roll at all. But tonight, tonight's games, I feel like I'm going to get back in the good graces. I'm on Loyola of Chicago. I've got them as a one-point underdog. I think they win against Nevada. Going in the Texas A&M-Michigan game, I'm going A&M here. I, I liked Michigan. I picked Michigan to make the Final Four coming into this uh, contest. Michigan hasn't looked that good in the first two games. And I think A&M is peaking at the right time. They remind me a lot of South Carolina last year. If you remember South Carolina last year, they upset Duke in the second round of that tournament, just like A&M upset UNC in the second round of the tournament, then got hot. I think A&M against Michigan has a good chance to pull off that upset. So I like A&M as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, I like Kansas State. I'm with uh, J-Mart a little bit here. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, kind of ugly game. Kentucky, I feel like, has been hot down the stretch, but they haven't been playing that good of teams. They beat Alabama, and they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, uh, SEC tournament, sorry. They got a good win over Tennessee, uh, but that's their only real good win down the stretch. I feel like Kentucky is feeling themselves a little bit, expecting to go to the Final Four. I think this game will be closer than expected. Uh, Kansas State, not a great team, but I think that game will be closer than five, so I'm on Kansas State here. And then uh, I like the Zags. Uh, Gonzaga against Florida State. I think that Mark Few's team advances to the Elite Eight and has a good shot to get to the Final Four as well, so I like the Zags minus five and a half. That would be uh, my breakdown. Tomorrow, by the way, Tomorrow, by the way, we are going to have Anthony Hardaway. Penny Hardaway is going to join us, uh, right? Jason Martin, we are scheduled to talk with him, the new head basketball coach of Memphis. We will break down, obviously, the Sweet 16 games that are happening tonight. We'll break down the Sweet 16 games in advance for you on Friday. And also, got to get a question here. Uh, Justin Cooper, are you going to upload the correct podcast today when we finish the show? (laughs) Yes. You promise that you will not upload Ben Maller instead of us. Yes. This was wow, a massive controversy. Massive controversy yesterday that ju- uh, that Justin Cooper, if you are podcast guy, and many of you are podcast guys out there, it's not me, it's not Jason Martin. We are not responsible for anything associated with the podcast. If you are upset about the podcast in any reason, Justin Cooper is your guy. He's to blame. Deluge him with all of your complaints. He deserves them all. Go vote in the poll uh, question of the day. Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Enjoy the Sweet 16 games tonight. I will be live as I am every single afternoon, Monday through Thursday at least. We'll be on at 3 o'clock Eastern on Periscope and on Facebook Live. Thanks for hanging with us here on the Thursday edition. Now kick the coverage. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 